Welcome to the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from the megacity metropolis of Toronto. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 250. Episode 250. We made it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. My special guest for episode 250. It's been almost a month since I've last posted an episode to those who do listen to the show. So if you've been waiting or wondering when's this next episode coming, you've waited long enough. Um, I don't like making an overly big deal about like the quarterly things that happen, like, you know, 25 and then number 50. It's kind of a comic book thing. And the 75th and then 100, you know, everyone wants to make a big deal of it. But what better way to make a big deal of the show than to have my truly, my favorite guest, the one and only Lady J. Hello. I waited a month to post an episode because I wanted you to be on episode 250. You live with me. You see me every day. We just went on a little mini vacation. And you finally fit me in your schedule. <laughs> Daph J. Hello. Thank you for being on episode 250. How You're are welcome. you? I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic. <laughs> Tell everybody who you are if they've listening for the first time. And they're wondering what's so who's special this about... Chick? Yeah, who's this chick? <laughs> um, well, I'm the wife. She's <laughs> the one who keeps the lights on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I dig this thing. I dig this comic book thing, but I'm not all in it. I'm not crazy. But <laughs> at the same time, I appreciate uh, what it brings. And uh, from time to time, I make my, share my not so um, educated opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Your non-expert opinion, as you may, may sure, say. Sure, whatever you want to call it. I don't get offended. I'm fine. Um, you know. So I just, I'm like Pokeroo. Now, now you are. <laughs> but uh, from from when we started the podcast, which I thought was just going to be more like a book club between me and a pal, <laughs> you ended up becoming that full-time pal that I kept the podcast alive with for a long time. It was just me and you. Yeah, I forget about that, actually. Yeah. When you put it that way. Hmm. Yeah. You were, <laughs> you were the real co-host of the podcast. I had almost all my episodes with you for a long time. Movie reviews, top fives, movies they should remake, book club stuff that we did together. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, we would rewatch movies and revisit them. Like we we, we did some. We, we had to be creative in the beginning because it was just the two of us, right? <laughs> Sometimes we would do like we'd go to a comic con together, and I would get your experience, like what your experience was like. So it was novel, very novel in the beginning because. I was the person who was into, like you said, I was crazy <laughs> into this <laughs> stuff. Um, and you were along for the ride, but you want, but I, but you entertained me, and often gave very cool perspectives from a person who enjoys it a little bit more than the average. But you also don't fall into the hype of this is what I expect. Do you know what I mean? And and it's a girl's perspective. Yeah, I get it. I'm here. That's me, in a nutshell. <laughs> so it's been, it's been. Uh, we got a lot of history, 
obviously, because we're <laughs> husband and wife, but on the show too. Yeah. So we should celebrate these big moments together because there's no better guest to have than the one that you started with, right? Happy to be here. There you go. So <laughs> this episode, we could do everything that we used to do for the other ones. Okay. Okay. So let's start off with a movie review. Mm-hmm. So the last movie, the first movie that me and you have finally seen in the theater. Yes. Since I think the lockdown began, mm-hmm. right? This is the first time going back to theater together. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That's what it's called? Something like that. Yeah. I messed it up before. Me too. It's yeah. a long title. Yeah. But Shang-Chi, everyone, the latest MCU film. Uh, we went in VIP. Mm-hmm. We brought mom with us. Yep. We had to sit apart, which was unfortunate. Yeah. But what was uh, your first theater experience like going back to watch a good old Marvel movie? People are still afraid of me. That's That hasn't <laughs> changed, apparently. <laughs> since tell, I came, tell the story. Since I came back out to the public. <laughs> are we cheering? We're cheering. There you go. Um, to your 250. There you go. 250. Boom, um, boom. Yeah, I'm just going to take a swig of this. Mm-hmm. Five o'clock somewhere. Delish. Yeah, so it was just that typical, you know, uh, the mother wants to pay for everything. And it's like, no, don't let this woman pay for anything. And anyway, the, uh, what, what are they called? The waiters? Yeah, the waiters. Um, he uh, he was in a very unfortunate uh, position that morning, that mid-afternoon. Yeah. And uh, he just flat out said when my mother-in-law tried to make the payment for the... <laughs> The snacks. Yeah. Um, he just flat out said, he's like, I'm sorry, ma'am, but I'm afraid of her more than you. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess nothing's changed in that aspect. But uh, besides that little that little experience, it was a lovely uh, time. <laughs> well, you've always been the person during the trailers who would fight the people who were talking through them. Yeah. Letting them know, like, this I, is the time to shut up. My, my, I'm, I'm a little extreme. I realize I'm a little extreme. I, I'm, I'm, my expectations are high of people. Because what I would expect of myself is what I expect of others, which is unrealistic. I realize that. Yeah. Um, so, going to the, and going to the movies for me has always been, like, an experience. Like, I want to have the fresh popcorn. I want to have... Silence. Like I don't want to see someone's phone flashing. I don't want to hear a conversation. Like let me let me throw myself into these worlds. Yeah. Starting from the trailers. So. Mm. That that but that's that's what makes it fun for me. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the whole movie experience. And then all of a sudden, when you're so into those trailers, like I want to see that. I want to see that. Well, what am I here to see again? Yeah. Because now I'm just thinking of that trailer. Yeah. And then you're like, oh yeah, I'm actually here for one of those yeah like I, I had that feeling about this movie i'm about to watch before yeah. let's get back to the program it's true it's it's a journey um as it, it as it should be absolutely right and when you have these morons that kind of like take you out of it <laughs> it's like like i get twitchy you know but now and we're I, not even getting to trailers now the waiters are scared of you <laughs> <laughs> well yeah anyway but uh how was how was it for you the movie experience? Yes. Well, I had gone... Because, uh, you know, we weren't sitting together. Yeah. So well, that was that was weird to be not even... Not just that we weren't sitting together, but I had to be a, like a role in between. 
from you guys. So I couldn't even like just look back and talk to you. Yeah. Um, but I had gone to the mo- movies maybe two weeks or three weeks prior with Martin mm-hmm. Slam Duncan uh, to watch the Suicide Squad. So that was my first time going to the theaters. That's right. So I had kind of gotten um, an idea of what it's like now. And you sit in these pairs and then there's pair, uh, you know, seats between you. And those seats aren't sold. So you're always going to have space now and the theater won't feel as full as it once did, at least for the next little bit. So I kind of knew going in what it would be like. But um, yeah, I'm happy that the movie theaters are open again. It is something nice to do as much as we've gotten used to the option to watch things at home first and just pay for it like you're going to the movies. It's nice, but it's not quite the same. It's not the same, but it is, I you know. (coughs) If I could have watched this at home, I think I would have. Right? Yeah. But there is um, there is movie magic in the theater. There's something to be said about it. You do pay a, pre- a premium. If you don't care that much, then it's no big deal. But if you do enjoy movies, and I know you do, mm-hmm. there is something to be said about that theater experience. Even sometimes for a comedy, there's a way that it's shot, the way that the jokes hit at a certain timing on the bigger screens that might make you laugh more than if you watch it at home yeah you're right and with the audience around you that all kind of we build each other's laughter up Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and there's something to be said about watching things with other people laughing right because sometimes we laugh at people's reaction (laughs) right yeah so yeah uh it's been fun i like it but what did what did you think now let's let's get into more specifically this next addition to the marvel universe um, this year is going to have a bunch of movies coming out, like boom, boom, boom. These next couple of months, it seems like there's one every month. Mm-hmm. We've got the Eternals, um, Spider-Man, I think in December. So it's going to be filled. And then of course the TV shows that they have mm-hmm. on, uh, the yeah, Disney plus on Disney plus. Right. So we've got our fill of Marvel content lately. What did you think of Shang-Chi? I, th- I thought, um, I, I thought I liked it at first. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, I thought it was very pretty. Very pretty. It was very pretty to watch. Yeah, well shot. Mm-hmm. Um. Aesthetically pleasing. For sure. Yeah. And I thought all the action parts were full of action. Very mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Stunts. And moves. Yeah. And... And, and 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 cool concepts. Yep. You know, um, and like the mystique behind some stuff. Yeah. But I felt I felt too. There was a lot of um. Th- it lacked story to me. I I felt it was kind of choppy at times, where I just I didn't know how we jumped to certain things without. It was it was very passive. Very passive, just moving on to the next thing. I, I feel like it lacked a, some detail. I think I, I I completely agree and I disagree with you. And here's how. I disagree with you in the sense that you said that there wasn't enough story. I think there was too much story. Hmm. And, it may, and because I felt that there at times was too much story, it made everything that you said that I agree with feel that way. There was, was a choppiness. Choppy. There was... Jumping inconsistencies, an inconsistency, jumping to 
we're jumping to these very, very big mystical notions oh, very fast, right? Yeah, I get that. But but I, I my conclusion is that I completely agree with your assessment, but I think it's because there's too much story that it made it maybe feel for you like, what is the story? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. No, I got you. I can see that angle. Yeah. And I and I really enjoyed the premise of like how it all how it starts, the 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 little flashbacks to let you know um, who we're dealing with familial wise, um, why they're you know displaced their family may de- may be displaced from each other like how Shang Chi ends up where he ends up in life as an adult, um, how he gets onto this quest in this journey, all cool with that stuff. Right, pardon me, but once you once you get on that trip, it seems now like there's, and this is a, this is silly to say because it's a comic book movie, but that suspension of disbelief that you have to have in in this premise, it's leaps and bounds with every change of setting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I really have to buy into this. Like mm-hmm. he's not just an expert martial artist; it's almost to this level. Mm-hmm. And he just learns that he has it. Oh, okay. It, mm-hmm. It's kind of like the or leaps. he's always known, but it, he's not exploring it until he has to, kind of thing. I don't know. I was trying to make sense of it because I feel like I wanted to like it. Yes, yes. I wanted to be, especially because I didn't know nothing about it. Just like when I went into Guardians of the Galaxy, I, yes. I had no expectation for that yeah. movie whatsoever. In fact, when I saw the trailer, it kind of messed with my head. I'm like, what, what, what is Marvel doing now? Yeah. And then it turned out to be this fantastic thing, um, in my opinion. Probably the, the, my favorite Marvel experience at the theater in regards to... In regards to that, like, nothing ever surprises me better more than that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, too, because Marvel has taken those chances, right? Yeah. They've taken those obscure characters. I mean, and I say it not being a comic No, fan, they're obscure. But, um, you know, I'm thinking, well, they're not afraid to go further with this authentically. It's not like yeah. they're taking a character and changing its origin. No, no, they're giving credit to actual other artists and other writers and other creators. Like, it, it's it, it's a nod to that to that art form mm-hmm. I think when you when you do that properly without that pressure mm-hmm. but um, I just went on a tangent that's okay but, <laughs> um, yeah away. I wanted to like it and I think you're right there was a lot going on where I'm like I'm not sure who who's really playing what role here and what is this person the antagonist or are they the protagonist or are they like what what I I, I just felt like I wasn't I wasn't sure of what was trying to be shared with me. Yeah. Yeah, I I as an audience member. Yeah. I felt like there every portion of the movie when you break down scene and setting, I enjoy them on their own. As a full-on story, it I find it hard to appreciate how this all fits together. It's just too much. Mm-hmm. But like the spoilers, the ending of the movie where it's basically a monster fight. I like that stuff. Like I could watch that those type of movies all the time, especially recently the Godzilla King Kong. Like, yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. But um, in this one, I just didn't understand how he went from being a um, show not a chauffeur, but a 
valet driver to maybe three days later riding on the back of a dragon. It was just too much. Where I would have preferred in, in my, I guess, my understanding of the character mm-hmm. is that he's, um, he would kind of be like a Black Widow, but, a, but like mm-hmm. a, a, a Bruce Lee slash James Bond type of character, spy character, okay. working for a, a, like a S.H.I.E.L.D. as a spy agent. And he stumbles across these underground superpowers or these secret societies like a James Bond, but within, you know, the Asian community. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's, he's, it's basically Bruce Lee as a, as a concept, as a superhero mm-hmm, in many ways, mm-hmm. if you look back at those old comics. Because mm-hmm. in the 70s, from my little understanding, kung fu films in America were really, really popular. And it started to... It's, the television show was very popular too with uh, David Carradine. So it was it was making its way into the comic book storytelling and landscape. You had things like Iron Fist and Shang Chi, and then later on, um, you get into oh, what was I, I had a concept in my head, but now I forgot. But kung fu had its prevalence mm-hmm. in the storytelling, and then even in in Daredevil, that the, the hand, right? Ninjas became a really big thing in pop culture. Yeah. Because of that, that stuff that was happening in the 70s. So what you think of when, you're, when, when I was thinking of the movie, I was kind of hoping more a little bit for that, a little bit more grounded mm-hmm. than it being as mystical as it was. Right. That kind of took me out of it. But maybe I'll like this more watching it um, back again. Like the way I felt about Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it at the theater. Yeah, but that was an audience experience gone wrong, right? That too. That and and watching this movie, I wasn't feeling completely a hundred percent myself, so I f- kind of felt uncomfortable during the movie experience. And I don't know if that affected my like looking at it with a critical eye to pick it apart. Because mm-hmm. when you're feeling like that, you look at things like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. maybe if I watch it at home and I just take it for face value and eliminate maybe expectation. Or the way I felt watching it, maybe I'll enjoy it. Like I really like Thor Ragnarok now. Yeah, you do. I, I love it. But I had, I remember I was bitching and moaning about it when I did a review with you on on the podcast, <laughs> and even talking to people like, "Man, it's too funny. Ah, I don't like it." People like, "Why is the hot?" I was just bitching and moaning. And I watch it now, and I, I laugh where I'm supposed to laugh, and I also see the. The source material really shined through as well. And I take it, like, yeah, no, this is good. Get over yourself. Um, what was the rating you gave it back then? Do you remember? Oh, I, I, I don't know, but I really disliked it. Was it like it. in the three, three somethings? It, it was low. Out of five? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was one of my... were rating out of ten? I don't remember. I'm not sure, but it was, I think I gave it sort of marks for how it looked and that, you know... There were certain things it did well, but I but now I really love it. I like it a lot. So maybe this one will, will be the same for me. But hmm. right now I give it a three point seven five. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I I think and I I was um enamored by the visuals of it mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. I think that's why my initial was like a little higher, my right. rating. Because I thought it was just very um 
it just seemed so authentic and it was so welcoming. And even in the, there was a fight scene along a building in China yeah. where they had, what do they call them here? Scaffolds? Yeah, but they were made of, out of bamboo. Yeah. And I'm just like, that just makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's that kind of subtle shit that I appreciate. I'm yeah. Like, I, I'm not, like, I like that. Yeah. Um, But some things, story-wise, I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't see the connect. So it kind of, that kind of took me out of it. But it was visually beautiful. And I thought the storytelling within the movie itself, like the, the history of the, 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 the magic of this place and, um, you know, all like that kind of stuff, that when, was dope. Did, so when you watch any of these movies, um, especially in the Marvel Universe, Characters you've never heard of or that you, you kind of maybe know the name of or who, if you saw a picture, you'd be like, oh, that's such and such. That's Captain America or that's She-Hulk, right? You would, but you've never read anything about them. Yeah. Are there any of these movies that make you say, I want to read that source material? Do you get like that with any of them or are you just good with the movies? Um... I was going to say it depends on who we're talking about. Yeah. But generally not. No. Mm-mm. So with this one, would you, with that type of a character and that type of, it could be very down to earth, you know, Japanese Yakuza type of villain with a Shang-Chi. Or it could be an underground secret society with Shang-Chi. And it's all martial arts based. Would you be interested in a, de- a comic book like that? Like, did it? I would read a comic book like this. Did you feel like that at all? I would read that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Even if it was older, like if it was from the set, like the original stuff from the seventies. Depends on the art. Mm. I'd have to look at the pictures. Okay. And the feel of the paper. The yeah. feel of the paper to me. It, again, I'm not. I'm not. An, I'm. I don't do this. But those are the things that I do. Uh, take into consideration. Yeah. Because I, cause I, I know you've read older Batman stories and older Daredevil stuff. Like, I know the type of stuff you will buy into, what type of fan you are. But you are also more of, you've read things post 9-11 comics, for the most part. The way that they're written, the way that they're structured, the way the art looks. Mm-hmm. That you, you don't you're not as a cut when you see me reading like seventies stuff you're like yeah. too busy yeah too the much Perez work. stuff yeah drives me wild yeah too too many words yeah. too much stuff going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. but I wonder how if you get into one of those stories if the just getting into it is enough to make you forget you know what I mean quite possibly it's happened before right it right, has right. happened before yeah you've read a couple comic books uh, lately. You got you you've yeah. got a couple books under your belt in this last in the summertime at least. I have been reading, you know. You have. I forget because mm-hmm. I do a lot of the Netflix. Yeah, and you've been reading. I feel like diver- like very diverse things. Yeah. Much more diverse than me. Yeah, I've been doing some a lot of grown up reading material. Even in the comic book uh, field, like you didn't read the latest, you know, Avengers issue. Yeah, but I don't know if I remember them all. <laughs> you read, um, I think what you read was Fade Out. 
in its entirety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old, the old Hollywood yeah. type storyline. Yeah. Uh, did you did you read any of the other Ed Brubaker stuff? That, I know you I were going to starting Velvet or maybe Lady Killer. I was. I started Lady Killer. Yeah, you're gonna like that one. I started Lady Killer and I. I'm gonna finish it. Do you do you find you enjoy um, the simpler style story? Yes. No. <laughs> what when I say that? What do you think of when I say? I think simple? of um, clean lines, mm-hmm. fewer words. In in all honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's what I think. Like you're more. You're. I think you're more. You. Uh, you'd be a big fan of indie comics. Stuff that is, a, um, you know, crime noir or even just like a murder mystery. Something that happens in a neighborhood. A story of, of some sort of drama between family. <laughs> like, thing, I think you, those are the type of things that you tend to enjoy. Yeah, but I need something that captures me, like, right from the jump. Right from the jump. Otherwise, I'm, I'm out. Right. Did the fade out do that for you? Oh, Absolutely. So, <laughs> I know you haven't re- Ed Brubaker, just to give you context, um, a series that you really liked that he co-wrote was Gotham Central. Mm. Right. I like that one. You liked it a lot. Yeah. Batman made one little appearance in that right. story, and I was okay with it. Exactly. That's how good the story was. Right. And I love the art in that. Yeah. And he he has it wasn't the same artist in in the Gotham Central. No, but, but I like that I like that entire right, series. Right, and so it would make sense that something like the Fade Out because it has a similar feel of very engaging characters. Doesn't have to be a huge action scene in it, mm-hmm. but what you become very interested in is the drama of the characters. Yeah, and there's a lot of reoccurring. Uh, t- things that like a lot of reoccurring actors and you could see them h- how they interact with other characters in the story right right and you get to know them like oh they're skeptical of that cat over there or mm-hmm. she knows how to read this guy in this room and, and you were learning about each character each time you saw them in a different scenario right I thought that was cool when I was reading that there's there's books like that and I would say something like Preacher that you saw me reading that will be adapted. They have been adapted, right, into a television format. But those are the type of examples where what makes them good is a story that can only be told as a comic. Ooh, yeah. You can't, that's when you know a comic is really good, when it can't necessarily be properly adapted. Mm-hmm. Because it just, it, it just, the story is paced, the way the, 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 the type of story that is told, the things that they do within the timing of those panels is not something that can necessarily be understood or properly expressed in live action. But as a, as a reader, you feel exactly what you're supposed to feel and you, and you um, appreciate the motion of time that it happened in. Like there's certain things in, in Preacher, for instance, that... Are just too much to do live action, even to hear the words or even 
to, to see someone come across the, sh the screen and it's insinuated this is what happened, it may be too much visually in, in that motion. Mm -hmm. But through a page, you can digest it differently and still feel the oh of what you're meant to feel in that thing. But when you try to do it in live action, it's like gratuitous. Whereas in the comic book, it was necessary for the information, mm. right? So I say all that to say this. Sometimes you come across these special books that you can't really... It may not be the, your favorite thing you've ever read. And it may not end with such a high of like, satisf like whoa, what an ending, you know? But it leaves you like, yeah, that's the ending. That's, that's, a, that's appropriate. That was good. Hmm. The whole thing of this was, was, no, it, this was good comics. It could be your favorite, but no matter what, you'll know, like, that's a 10 out of 10. Even if it's not in my top 10, you know that that, that book is what it is. And, and another guy who's very good at that, talking a lot, sorry, is, <laughs> um, what's his name? Daniel Warren Johnson. If you want to read something from him, just let me know. And it's always, always a great experience that you can only experience through a comic book, like even a graphic novel. Reading it in, in its totality, a story like his, mm -hmm. amazing. Murder Falcon, anyone out there who wants to know Daniel Warren Johnson books to read. Extremity, Murder Falcon, Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. Incredible stuff. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I just love your excitement. <laughs> Like when you when you get in your you're in your zone, you're just you're in your pocket. I love it. Yeah, no, I like this stuff. I love I like the the um, exchange of story because we experience them at our in our own minds, but we all can share that. We all know the story, but there's something about each of us that takes something out of it different, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's so special about sharing stories, sharing the, the same stories that we've read, whether it's through a movie or through a, a comic book, because we all process, the, process them different. Yeah. Right? And there's certain things that hit us differently that they're intended to. We this all is take the little different gems away. Yeah. And then we interchange them. Yeah. With each other. Yeah. And it's, with something like comic books, it's the way something is written. And then it's also the way something is drawn. And sometimes the, some people prefer this guy's facial expressions when he draws women. And you get really into those geeky aspects of it where this was a better overall comic. But what I, it did lack was this previous person's facial expressions that were missing, which would have come in play. Like if he would have inked him during this, it would have been absolutely perfect. Right? What are you laughing at? <laughs> Stop laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah, I don't think you understood a thing I said no I did I did Like, I, I, there's so many different details where you can yeah. have appreciation for that sometimes to a lay person you may miss right but you guys appreciate that that's but, cool it's dope but even for someone who may not look at those things like like, like even when you know what I find interesting is that you try to which I really appreciate. Even when I send you a song, something that I recorded, you listen to it with like, I'm going to break down every single word and show that <laughs> I understand. You don't just give me like, that's a good song. I like that. That's catchy. 
it, I want to hear it again. No, you're like, so this is what you've done there. Well, because I understand that when it comes to certain artists, yeah, particularly yeah. yourself, yeah. Um, I know when you say things, it is, uh, for the most part, with the intent of... It's a double entendre. I know you're trying to say more than one thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for those clues. I'm trying to read your story beneath mm-hmm. the surface, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like in a lot of art forms that, that it's it's not just what you see. There's It's beyond that. Right. And I will say at the beginning, I guess, of you doing this, I yeah, I did it because I'm your friend and we hang out and we just so happen to like the same things, but... As I mentioned, I'm a little more level-headed about it than you. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, I think I appreciate it more now than I did even just 10 years ago, right? Mm. I see that there's an attachment um, that resides with this hobby, you Mm. know? It's not just a solitary solitary thing. It is a, a, a large community that I didn't really take notice of mm-hmm. or take seriously mm-hmm. i just thought like yeah it's what he likes yeah that's that's okay and then it's like no these things aren't, aren't just stories they're they're affecting people mm-hmm. and i got to to learn that with the same way maybe the same way maybe you would appreciate why um certain people were so passionate about music you can now see, well, people are really passionate about these books or these stories for so many different reasons. The same way people were geeky rap nerds or rock and roll or jazz nerds, I understand why people might be into these things in different ways. Like mm-hmm. there's the omnibus collector and then the every week collector. There's all of these different niches within this whole mm-hmm. um, world. Yeah. Right of 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 fandom, whatever it is now, it's mm-hmm. so it's the umbrella of it's so big. Um, thinking of like two hundred and fifty episodes, which is which isn't that much, in the amount of time that I've been the podcast has been on, but it's it's changed, right? So I'm always recording more every year. It's almost like weekly. Yeah, which is which is good, but it started off as just like the smallest smallest of poppy seeds really, to just do something for fun. Um, and know that our experiences with it, because I live with it every episode, but for you, what has been cool things that have been experienced because we planted this little poppy seed of a, of a podcast? Like, what are some of the things that is like, that wouldn't have happened perhaps if we never did the podcast? I just came up with that question. So I don't... I'm sorry if I put you on the spot. And I told you not to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, shit. I don't know. I don't know. I know I'm proud of you, though. It's going to sound cliche and mush. But, like, you know, there's... You do have a way of being able to kind of draw people out without it sounding like a QA. and a and I think that's what sound what's appealing to me when I hear when I tune into your episodes, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's what that's what I'm drawn to, um, and because of that, I think you've you've your your circle has kind of expanded a little bit in that aspect, and that and that's kudos to you. So uh, that's what I'm proud of. 
that's what, what I see has grown with you doing this. And it's biased, I know. <laughs> but yeah, it, but I definitely do see some um, uh, some some growth and, and progress with you. And I think you have a lot to be proud of. It, you, you're right. It started from a little something mm-hmm. on your kitchen table. Mm-hmm. The acoustics weren't always the best. <laughs> <laughs> but now you're trying to make something happen. And, and you're having fun along the way. I think that's the... That's a good thing. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, I mean, you would know more than me. No, how much I, this has. For you, yeah, that's what I mean. Our experiences would be different, right? Because I have interviews with people who meant something to me differently as a kid reading comics, right? You don't. That it doesn't mean it means a lot to you because it means a lot to me. And I think, again, honestly. I think you, from out of this, you've formed friendships that you otherwise perhaps would have had or experienced, right? Like through this, you've kind of webbed into these different relationships. Yeah. Right? And I think that also is pretty amazing, no? No, I think that for me... If nothing, at least you yeah, have that. That's the biggest takeaway for me, for sure. And no matter who would know what the podcast but. There's enough things that have happened positively, life changing. Mm-hmm. Even if even if um, you don't see people every day, but you've taken your like your life has gone on a different course. And you're just just different interchange with people. Yeah, yeah, right? completely. And you because that just adds to your life experience. Completely, and those are the things that mean the most because of. There's a lot of extra time that I end up spending with you through the years because we would go to movies. We would watch TV shows. We would rewatch movies. We would think about questions to ask each other. When we weren't together, we were planning for the podcast. So there's so much extra time. Remember my notebook? Remember I had a notebook? You had notebooks. You'd put sticky... Like, you were the ones who used to write notes in the comics of things to bring up, things that you appreciated. Mm. Like... We st- I started. I came to- correct. You I came was correct. trying to be a good co-host. You, always, <laughs> I wanted always. to respect the biz. <laughs> always, no, you did, and and it made it, it it made me also come prepared and to look at things or think of things to ask you, right? So this isn't to pat myself, pat ourselves on the back, but just the time me and you got to spend doing this was a reward because there's hours of us having conversation and laughing and mm-hmm. you know making each other just cackle at, yeah. we didn't know what we we had a good time so that in itself is a reward yeah. and then i you know martin i met martin through martin i met shane and and adam chapman all around the same time uh-huh. these things were kind of falling into place and i'm still friends with all of them and and then there's the mike ruth and the sam noir i don't sam even know Wa- these guys yeah but i know, but you, I know yeah, everything but I about to them, them enough right <laughs> sam noir is is included in that group and I've talked to Kevin Boyd so many times enough to call like to check in and say hey how are you mm-hmm. you know or me and Adam always go to our baseball game every year together it they they become friendships and little things we do affect each other's lives maybe not in biggest ways like we're not godparents but you know, you help Shane move his his stuff to the new studio he's at. That's cool, mm-hmm. right? Um, you go to Martin's house to podcast some of his first episodes of his podcast. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And now you know that he's his own thing. He's doing a, making a book now. Like you've 
see these things happen. Now, like I have a someone in the UK that I have on the podcast regularly who I enjoy talking. Like all these little things that you just do for the love of it. Mm-hmm. The reward ne- isn't necessarily physical, but it's the quality time that you got to spend with people. Absolutely. Like that's been extremely rewarding as much as it's been you know someone say that's a lot of time that's a lot of time you could have done other stuff (laughs) but it's it's been oh uh, well (laughs) yeah no it's been super super enjoyable that all of those things have been a lot of fun and you learn things about yourself Mm -hmm. should we um should this be the last episode should we just put a pin in it (laughs) 250 we're done out no no i say no i vote no I vote no. Why? Why would you even ask that? Why would you even consider that? Uh, you could you could start something new. Start all over again. Were you rebranding still? I don't know. It's just I always think of one would. Are you gonna go video? Maybe. Do you do that? I don't know. Is that a thing? Is that what these kids are doing? They want to see my face. No, you don't want to see this face. (laughs) (laughs) Not right now. (laughs) Uh, I don't. I've never. It seems like. The inevitability, but it wasn't ever something that I, I I cared to do. But then sometimes you see people doing it, you're like, I, I can do that too. I think I got practice. I can I can fix myself up. I can look okay. I can be animated. You can have, have to, to get one of those stands with the light so your face yeah, is proper, so you don't look the, like a dying vampire that's, on that, screen. That's the that's that's the thing, the trouble of it all. It's a setup. Yeah. But I mean, there's no better investment than in yourself, no matter that's what it too. is. No, that's true. It, it's listen. It's all things to consider. But I was I always think every month like, maybe that's it. Maybe that's where you end it. That was good. You did it. You could say that you did it. You could, and you never thought you would have had moments you had hey just go and sometimes i just want to go home and not worry about another episode i just want to go home and read my comic books yeah but you still do that i know but now <laughs> it's like i don't even want to have to read anything like i don't want to prepare for anything <laughs> it'd be just maybe it's just a little a thing of laziness i don't know it's like i don't want to have anything to do sometimes but when you do it it's like that was good that that's why i do it that well, you was gotta reflect right how you it makes to. you feel yeah yeah, and and it's and ev- you know what, and I think too, there's nothing wrong with stepping away from something for a little while, enjoying your time, and you can always revisit. It doesn't mean that you're done, done. If that's a decision you decide to take, right? Yeah, like you can always pick up. Yeah, no, it's where true. Where you left off. It's true. It's it's been super rewarding that um, you never know. It's not like you won't be up to date with stuff. It's not like you're not going on on YouTube and checking out Omar's reviews. I even freaking know his name now. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at what he has to say and how the fall and all this shit. That you guys I don't like, I don't like, into this now. Oh, goodness. Is that the worst part? Is, has that been the worst part of my collecting? The omnibus? The omnibus on the shelf? Does that book give you anxiety? What do you mean the omnibus on the shelf? Did like that... seeing that, like, oh my gosh, the, the books got bigger. Um, no, no, no. Okay. The, the, the He-Man one tripped me out. <laughs> that was a couple of months ago where I saw it, it sitting on my ottoman ones. and I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I, like, how is that even comfortable to read? It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, I, like, 
And it's hard. It's a hard. It's one that I've debated parting with. And I feel with. like if you're gonna get a book that big, and yeah. I could get all these wrong, folks. Okay, so don't like hang me or anything. Mm-hmm. But like they, like wouldn't have better that Thor being that big. I mean, the He Man being that big wouldn't have been better in a compendium format, or wouldn't have been able to take it. No, I think it would have because they recently printed um, a compendium that has almost the same amount of pages as that one, in one. I just don't think they had started with the the compendium trials yet. But there's a it's it's f- f- any if you're a collector of any kind right now, the way that they're reprinting and and putting things out in certain formats that hadn't existed before, it's uh it's hard to not get into everything. That's the tricky part because there's so many good things to read that there have always been like, do I want it in 20 volumes or would I prefer it in, you know, six com- in order to complete a set? And now you have like compendiums coming out and books that had never been reprinted in these beautiful formats. Like, I want to read that now. Do you know what I mean? It just didn't look comfortable. The He-Man really? wasn't comfortable. No, it wasn't. But um, there's a lot of, there's, it's a lot in there. It's it's a big It's a big one, but there's a lot... It's a big one. It's a big one. But there's a lot in there. And I was actually surprised at the... Um, it. Sometimes stories are ambitious to impress you. They may not be the greatest story ever told, but the ambition of what they were going for to make this all connect makes you appreciate sometimes a story on a different level. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, when you put it all together, it's mm-hmm. like, wow. Mm-hmm. From here to here, they didn't stop telling that story. Mm-hmm. That's a saga. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to go through some some peaks and valleys. But altogether, that was satisfying. Long, but satisfying. Because they tried that. You know? And that's that's an example for me. Going back to your question. Yes. I prefer your omnibus on the shelves. They look cleaner. Mm. Whereas these um, graphic novels, I you relatively keep... You, you keep them very organized. I know mm-hmm. you have them in a certain order mm-hmm. um but because there's so many yeah it's like there's a lot happening whereas um, the with, they, um, they just look it looks cleaner overall yeah. i like that look yeah me too so i don't mind it yeah it becomes you you realize at one point in time you're happy to just have any version of the story because it was cheap you didn't care that one was a hard cover and one was a soft cover and they had different spines you just wanted the story and then when you get deeper... You start collecting it. You start seeing the mishmash and the hodgepodge. Yeah. And when you read something when you read something in a nice format, whether it's a, a thick soft cover or a nice hard cover, whatever it is, and it looks nice and clean in a set, you're like, oh, oh, I'm catching the disease. <laughs> right? It, it becomes like that. And you, you appreciate the symmetry and the... I don't know. And then, I like these. Yeah. The epic collections are beautiful. And believe it or not, some people get really picky about why don't the lines all line up and why did they dip? And I would, I would be. Yeah, I, I would be. I would appreciate the lines all being level properly. Oh yeah, people really get into that. They look at oh, this one doesn't have a TM on on Black Panther or this Captain America is missing the trademark logo. I don't like that. Like they get really into it. How far in the on that spectrum are you? 
Like, um, are you are like, what's your what's your little? I know you like your books to be crisp all along. Like you don't mm-hmm. like the corners. You don't like the the what is it, dog ears. Yeah. You don't like your spine looking. But what's your what's your little crazy tick with this? Um, my crazy tick. I think it's. I appreciate how Marvel does their stuff a little bit better as far as packaging goes. Um, that seems like a cliche answer lately, like Marvel's movies are better, but they've kind of figured it out better than DC quicker, right? Mm-hmm. Their quality control for the most part seems to be better overall. So like, I, like you see those epics, right? And you know that they're going to stay, you can tell where the Avengers begins and ends and where Captain America begins. Like you, there's a consistency in its pattern, you know? Even when my, the, 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 pardon me, even when there's slight differences, there's still somewhat of a uniformity, even though a, a picky eye, would, we're, now we're getting geeky, this is episode 250, we're getting into the spines of books, but if you look at like the DC shelf, which fans, anyone listening, you can't this see is it. why we need video, I know, <laughs> but they change so much more. That's what I'm saying. Well, okay, I think that's why I said what I said. Because behind you is the DC shelf. Behind me is the yeah, Marvel shelf. And the DC shelf is more I'm choppy. I'm looking at your stuff and I'm like, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Whereas behind me, everything looks so much more prettier. Yeah. And I, organized. I find that Marvel, the way they do certain um, eras, the way they do certain eras of a character, they keep it uniformed for the most part. And when they... Uh, do a certain creative, like, this creator was working on it. The spines, you know, have a format. Even if they're slightly different and trim and blah, 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 blah. You know what's what. Yeah. But with DC, they switch it up depending on what's happening with the publishing of, like, a four-year span. They'll change up the spines to mark a difference in error, and it just looks ugly after when you collect it. And those are the type of things. Like, just, I don't know. Give me a consistency. Like I know where the so Frank- do you find your because of that do you find you're getting more Marvel, uh, stuff over DC? I think Maybe I own it's fifty. Also, because it, I guess it's aesthetics that also. I think I definitely own more Marvel than no. DC for sure because all of that shelf behind you is Marvel and then this whole tower is Marvel. What do you got downstairs? Var- variants, Valiants? What are they called? Yeah, Valiant Comics. Valiant. Yeah, I definitely have more Marvel. Marvel prints a lot more things. Um, like recollects what things. What do you have in the long boxes up there? Those are single issues over the years, like stuff. But that, predominantly Marvel or DC? Uh, probably more DC because there was Batman and Superman stuff up there, mm. and then one long box of like Spider Man and whatnot. But yeah, I'm always uh, curious to shorten what's in those boxes <laughs> because you don't you don't they're there for maybe that'll be worth something one day. But you've never been the type to, you know, grade your comic books no. and encase them. If and for some reason I had a million dollar comic book in my possession, I would sell it. How for would sure. you know? If, if it became like this issue now is worth this much. And if and I And you had, can remember if you have that issue If they show a picture, if they show a picture of it, I'm like, I got that. Yeah. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. For huh. the most part, I, I'll know... What I've got and what I don't have. Yeah, a lot of stuff up there. Yeah, when it comes to like more pricier comics that I might have paid a little more for, I'll know if I have it or not. 
because I remember the, the, the experience of buying that and what it meant to me to buy it. Got you. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I've been, I've been there for those. That's special. right. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, like, do I have a, a copy of Secret Wars 8 of the new you know, Black Spider-Man? Oh, yes, I do. I have it signed by all the people who worked <clears throat> on it with little certificates of authenticity. Like, I've got that. Mm-hmm. Is it in perfect, perfect condition? Probably not, but I definitely have a good one. You know, stuff like that. I have the Batman 251 or 252 Neil Adams, the Joker card. I got that. remember buying it. Thought it was like I robbed the place of what I paid for. <laughs> you know, the things like that, you know you got them. Yeah. Do I have a 9.6? Probably not, but I just want to own it. You have it. to pay to get those. Graded, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to pay to get How those. How much graded. does it cost? To do I think that? like 50 bucks. I think that's what I was told. And I never really... The thing about something about grading something is that it's protected. It's quality is protected so you know what you're buying has been like That's it. It's authenticated as far as like this is a good copy mm-hmm. of this thing. I know what I'm paying for, but you pay a premium for the fact that it's graded. Even if the comic is like a dollar to find in a bin, if it's been CGC'd, it becomes a fifty dollar book. I'm paying fifty dollars for a one dot like a, a dollar bin book, just because you CGC'd it. It's weird, mm. right? But if it's you know a, um, you know a Spider Man, um, <clears throat> thank you, one twenty one, which is like my that's the comic I want to own, more than if I had one to pick, it would be the Death of Gwen Stacy, mm-hmm. just because it, it's it's important for the story, not for the cover or the first appearance or some like marketing gimmick it was a story that made it that makes it worth it yeah that's what i like about that book so i'd love to own that but again i wouldn't Isn't i don't know that one of the stories that changed everything kind of thing for spider-man especially yeah. but but i think it was one of those stories that made a, a a person realize that even the heroes can lose they don't just save the day all the time mm-hmm. and it it really is always that reminder hey gwen died you and got that cat on the show, too. Yeah, yeah. No, being able to talk to Spider-Man characters kind of became... Um, or Spider-Man writers mm-hmm. and artists kind of became a hunt for me for a bit. I was always talking to people who had worked on Spider-Man for a little while. And I didn't mind at all because I, w- I had gone through this period of time where reading Spider-Man was a very comforting thing for me. Mm-hmm. So the character had meant more and more and more, especially since the podcast started. I've, I've loved Spider-Man more and more and more, but I haven't read him in a while. Jerry Conway. Jerry Conway. You remember the name. So Jerry Conway, J.M. DeMatteis, mm-hmm. um, Tom DeFalco, um, T- uh, no, uh, Howard Mackey, all worked on Spider-Man. Got a chance to talk to them. Wow. Yeah. I and think you did that be all more. before your two hundred fiftieth show. <laughs> two hundredth. That's not. That's not how you say it. Two hundred and fiftieth. Two hundred fiftieth. I feel like I don't know where the numbers belong. Two hundred and fiftieth. Two hundred and fiftieth. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's not. It really shouldn't be. <laughs> we need to top up on this though. You want to top up on your drink? Yeah. Can we pause, pause this and we'll we'll come back to we'll continue from here. Okay. Topped up the gas tank. 
change the tires. Box, 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 box. As they <laughs> that say, was a good one today. As they say in that Formula One. That was amazing. One. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I saw what I saw. You know, that's something that I never really talk about too much on. It's 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 a, I think now a passion of ours to say like we watch Formula One. All the time. How did that happen? I'll tell yeah. you what happened. Netflix happened. <laughs> Netflix happened. Yeah. Um, actually, I got to give credit to a uh, guy I worked with, Marco Cetto. was his name? Marco Cetto. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept talking about the Formula One uh, Drive to Survive series, how good it was, and telling me, you got to watch it, got to watch it, got to watch it, and how he was really into the Formula One season. Mm-hmm. And I had watched Formula One on and off growing up because both my stepdad and my my dad watched it on the weekends whenever it was on so no matter whose house i was at i was going to see the race yeah right so i i had you were familiar with i was familiar with it i understood the why people were passionate about it i i didn't think it was like oh it's a lame sport i just wasn't keeping track right so when we watched that documentary damn so good good stories right you wouldn't have known about otherwise you know, I'm going to just say this one thing. One thing I've learned from podcasting and listening to podcasts, that's the biggest thing, is that I got into podcasts because I discovered the format of what, that you could basically talk to your best friend about what you loved and listen to other people talk to their best friend about what they loved. You know, that's what this thing basically is. And it's the best type of conversations. Nothing more fun than hearing two people who like talking to each other about things that they like. Right? Yeah. And then you end up reading books. You end up watching shows. You end up giving things a try that you've never thought about before. Because you you were patient enough to listen to other people talk. Mm-hmm. Like I know I'm talking a lot. <laughs> but so much time was spent listening to... Other things you may not, it may not have been on your radar. You know, something like Formula One, watching that show and, and, and all the other different things that you end up doing, reading because of that kind of stuff, makes life so interesting. Like this race today, we were, we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> and <clears throat> damn, it's a lot of drama in that sport that mm. you wouldn't think of of cars just going around doing laps, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. It's cool stuff cool stuff big recommendation anyone listening this is a pop culture comic book podcast so in the pop culture sports all that kind of stuff can be talked about watch f1 drive to survive on netflix Mm -hmm. even if you don't end up watching the season you're going to be into that show immediately it's a good one right it's a good one do you have a do you have a, a favorite um like who do you root for during these races this is going to like isolate audiences but it's so cliche. I feel like the top... Okay, I'm just going to say it. I like Verstappen. Mm-hmm. Um, Hamilton proves time and time again why he gets the recognition he gets. Like, right. He's a good driver. It's You're rooting to see the guy... Like, you want to see the best guy challenged. Yeah. I like the competition between them. Right, right. Um... And but it's not just them as individual drivers, but also cars. Right. Like now it's Mercedes against Red Bull. Like right. 
like who knew Red Bull would be up Mercedes' ass like this? Yeah, and, yeah. And giving them something to sweat about. Right. So now it's and then it's like the garages are after each other too. Like every time they go in for a a, a pit stop. Like, they got something to prove. Right. Right? It's not just changing tires under a certain t- amount of time. That There's competition in that. Right, right, right. They're, it's so intricate, and I just I appreciate the, the sport. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I like Verstappen. And I like Red Bull. I like their colors. <laughs> <laughs> Typical girl answer. <laughs> I like the colors. Right? I think Checo is, uh, he, he's proving himself. He, I think he went in knowing he was going to be sitting, taking chair number two, mm-hmm. but he's proving why he, he should be there, why he should also be recognized. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- yeah, there's enough drama that keeps me intrigued. I like I like the sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, definitely anyone who wants something to watch on Netflix, they're like, I don't know what to watch. Give that a try. It is so engaging. Uh, you, you really get into the... And you know what I like about it, too? Especially yeah. now because of this whole lockdown, no one's traveling anywhere. Like, I feel like I'm virtually... Yeah, that's true. Like, I'm hearing different national anthems. I'm yeah. hearing different languages. I'm seeing, like, when they tell you about the track that they're in, they also give you the stats of the city yeah. and how long it's been there for and, like, the history behind the area. Like, it's a little mini trip that I feel like, ah, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, we're, we're going to Portugal. This is the Portuguese race. Yeah, this like this like, morning we were in Italy. We're yeah. in Monza. Monza, yeah. No, you're <laughs> right. It's, it's an international sport. It's it's not maybe something that's followed in North America because we have things like football and baseball, basketball. But uh, globally, this is probably second to soccer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's everywhere. And people and wherever it goes, it has a following. Mm-hmm. It, it, you've got hundreds of thousands of people who gather in the cities for the event so it's it's uh yeah it's special it means something and it's one of those it's like the 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 most complex yet the simplest type of um what's the word the simplest kind of competition be the first Mm -hmm. who's fastest right Mm -hmm. and then you get into all the little intricacies of the thing it's it's cool yeah seems simple but and it is but it's also very complex every second counts it's neat so one of the things (laughs) moving on one of the things we used to do for episodes were this or that i've got a bunch of this or that Mm -mm. for you okay and it's oh uh what's the word tried tested and true I guess, method of having fun conversations and segues. Okay. Because you always, you put people on the spot, but you give them options. Uh It's not like you got to pull out of the air. I don't like these things. These are fun. Okay. We're going to do this or that with Daf J because I was, I think you were the first person I ever did it with. So let's have some fun. Okay. And maybe we've done some of these topics before and I don't remember, but I've kind of remixed it a bit. Okay. Okay. We're going to do a bit of television, comics, music, a little bit of everything. I like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> okay, I'll ask you. I'll ask you a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles question. But I don't know anything about everything. The, I mean, no, no. I don't these know. are all things catered to you. Oh. Like you'll know, you'll have an opinion. Fine. Is what I mean. Okay. Okay. Fine. All right. So, there's a tough one. I'm gonna start off with a tough one. Maybe not a tough one. Batman Year One. Oh no. Or. The Man Without Fear, Daredevil. Both written by Frank Miller. Both telling like the first year of a similar style character. 
Can I be honest? Yeah. I don't think I I vaguely remember The Man With No Fear. Okay. I vaguely remember it. So I have to go by, I have to say year one. Okay. Oh, fair enough. That's And that's a good reason to give that answer. Hmm. I, I don't I remember one more than the other. Yeah. But I remember liking it a lot. You, you did like it a lot. That's why I wanted to ask. Oh, it was, sorry, I failed. No, you didn't fail. <laughs> it's not a right or wrong answer. It's okay. which one? All right. This or that. All right, that's my fair answer. All right. I mean, that's my honest Sticking answer. Sticking with Batman. Hard one. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I thought this would be hard. I wanted to kind of put you in the... And I was going to make you take a shot for everyone that you put as a tie. But you're already sipping it, <laughs> so we're, you're winning. Um, Hush, Batman Hush, Jim Lee, Jeff Loeb, or Batman Under the Hood. <gasps> Judd Winnick and David Monkey. Or no. Under the Red Hood? Doug Monkey. Hush or Under the Red Hood? Doug Monkey, sorry. Uh, okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they kind of they kind of are like that story continues like one one only exists because something's introduced in Hush, but was what follows does it? You know what They're I'm just saying? Both so good stories. Yeah, such good stories. Yeah. How do How do you? Pick and one has one? I has the iconic artwork of Jim Lee, which kind of mm. is what makes that story good. Really, I feel like I just know I how f- much you like them. I feel like I want to give it to. Ugh. I want to give it to Hush because. It is. It's hush. Right. But I biasly want to give it to Under the Red Hood because just I I like that story. I like it. It makes me feel sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. It makes me feel sad, and I'm but sad like a good sad. An earned, an earned sad. Yeah, yeah. I guess that that's a yeah. That's a good way to put it. Not that you go. In, not that you leave it feeling unsatisfyingly sad. Like oh, that was horrible. It was like. That was so good. Yeah, like it got to me. Yeah, it got yeah, me. It got me. Mm-hmm. But but it didn't. It wasn't. It, it was sad, but it was also like cathartic. Mm-hmm. There's a healing to it because it it hits you hard. That story hits you hard when he 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 puts Batman when un, when the hood puts Batman under on the spot. Why mm-hmm. didn't you care enough? Kind of thing. The animated. The animated uh, yeah. movie of that story. Excellent. Wow. Wow. That actually gets me crying at the end. Yeah. I drop a tear every time. You do. At the very, very But you end. don't hesitate to watch it. No. Which is rare for you. I enjoy it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So, Under the Hood. Under the Hood. Okay. I had a feeling you'd pick that. Really? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> If your city's under crisis, right? Let's get very hypothetical here, but that's not nothing hypothetical. is hypothetical. That's going to happen. Nothing is impossible. But let's say there's a there's an invasion, okay? Of the robots cuz that's happening. Okay. All right. <laughs> AI invasion. Oh my gosh. You can pick out of your imagination a, a, a superhero team. To come to your rescue to save your city. A team. A team. Would you pick? Oh, good. I get to. Ch- you get to tell me what to pick from. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, good. Oh, thank you. Would you pick the Avengers 
to save your world or the Justice League? <laughs> hey, is that fun? It's scary as hell, <laughs> but I made it fun. Who do you want to see in the sky and on the ground saving the world? Wh- which one would make you feel safer and who do you think would get the job done? Oh, I'm going to say, am I getting timed on this? No, man. No, man. But you I can break wanna... it down however you want. Uh, okay. So, hmm. We're going to be here all day. I'm going to say the Justice League. Why? I'm only interested in why, not because you have to give a reason. I'm just curious. Well, Superman gets his power from the sun. Okay. That's not going anywhere. So he'll be like in fully like he'll always heal kind of thing. Batman is brilliant and he has like um uh what's it called? Those solar what's it called? Satellites. Satellites and stuff. So like, you know, he has technology on our side. Yay for that. Okay. You got Aquaman. So yeah. you got you got the ocean in on your side to protect the city. Like water, water power, water control. Yeah. You got Green Lantern who can imagine any type of save city scenario. So like put you in a bubble while Superman handles the rest. Yeah. On the outside. Um, Martian Manhunter, man. Like as long as you no flames are around, he's good to go. Yeah. The other ones. Hey, man. Wonder Woman. And I'm not. I didn't. I'm not leaving out Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying, like that in itself is pretty. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking the Avengers. How would they? What would they do? I don't know. They got a Hulk. He doesn't stop. The Hulk doesn't stop for nothing. They got a Hulk. Um. Captain America is a super soldier. Like he can do. He's like you know. Okay, like. Fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think yeah. I'm Justice trying League? to map it out in my head out loud. And I think yeah, yeah, Justice right. League. Yeah. Interesting question. Because because there's different moments where both teams have like if you're going with the traditional versions of the team of what you kind of think of their 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 starting seven, right? So like the starting seven of the Justice League is Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Aquaman, Green Lantern, The Flash. Oh, yeah, The Flash. And Martian Manhunter. That's their starting seven. Not Cyborg. I don't care what no one says. <laughs> Cyborg's not there. That's funny. That's the starting seven. Okay. Okay? That's like the Grant Morrison starting seven. And then with the Avengers, you're going to have Iron Man, which is basically like a souped-up Batman. Batman, yeah. Right? Thor, which is basically Superman. Right. Captain America is that one where it's like he's not, he's the stand, but it's Captain America. This guy is the leader of leaders. Uh-huh. That's your trinity there. And at any given moment, you could have maybe Wanda, wow, powerful, Vision, damn, that's like Martian Manhunter level, okay? And then uh, Hawkeye, which is kind of like Green Arrow with a little bit of Batman. He could be easy to take out, but also very useful. And then their seventh, I'm trying to think of what their seventh would be. Is it Widow? Could be Black Widow, but yeah, there's a... But it also could be the Hulk, or it could also be... Um, 
you know, Captain Marvel or, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's, it's a little bit more rotating. Yeah. Right? It could be Namor, who's basically your Aquaman, maybe a little stronger. Like, it, it rotates. Sometimes an X-Men is an Avenger. So, what do you want there? And so, uh, but yeah, it, it's it's totally silly and hypothetical, but it's fun to think about. Because this shit, this shit can happen. I'm saying, like, AI. Yo. Yo, that, that could happen. That, okay, that's not I'm not saying Thor could happen. I'm just saying Terminator could happen. All I know is my my phone knows how to talk back to me. Yeah, so like, let's just I me can, and my phone are connected. You can leave it at that. You it know? knows me. <laughs> my tablet knows me maybe too well, <laughs> right? It's scary what my tablet may have seen. So, <laughs> like, it's the truth though, right? The computers are are like, are you a robot? Oh, it's you. And like, it's true. Yeah, yeah, the robot asking me if I'm a robot. Yeah, the yeah. audacity. Right. Oh my god. Like, and if I was, what would you do? <laughs> Procreate? <laughs> Would you make another robot? It, That's like, so funny. You just backed up. Yeah. Like. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Oh, that's funny. Okay. So let's eliminate the, the the. Wait, wait. Is it just me that's answering? You're not gonna say? No, it's you answering. Just me? You want to know my answer? Yeah. I'd flip a coin. <laughs> really? And if they said you can pick the Avengers, then I'd pick like I want this guy. I want this guy. I want this guy. Boom. Do it. I would like do it like that. I put together the teams. Who would be on the team then? The Avengers. It would be Iron Man, Thor, and Cap. You got to throw in a Hulk for just power, uh-huh. right? Like uh-huh. if Cap says Hulk, go do that. You know Hulk's gonna destroy the ship, <laughs> no matter what. Even if he comes out with no hands, he would have like I did it. Uh-huh. Um, Wanda's powerful. Vision's real powerful. Put them on the team, right? Wanda's power is immense. Um, sound like such a geek i love it <laughs> um it's tough man I'm trying to think of someone on that power power level i don't know it doesn't have to be seven does it no it doesn't have to be seven definitely cap he belongs there i put black panther just because of the tech the alien technology he's had he's got there's a lot there and uh, you got to give someone to control the other elements, like uh, Namor. Someone like an Aquaman to tr- yeah. control the seas. That's why I picked the Justice yeah. League, because yeah. I wanted water Justice League. <laughs> Justice League. This is the thing, right? Is that, like, the Justice League, this is so geeky, and I don't care. But the Justice League are well-known solo characters that when you put them together, it's like, yo, that's the super team, right? Because yeah. they're so individually they're so good on their own yeah like yeah wonder woman and superman could 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 fight it out and you can't say like oh superman would eat like no no she might have him Mm -hmm. one day she Mm -hmm. could take him Mm -hmm. right and then the flash and superman could tie in a race and then green lantern and wonder woman could have a showdown like all of them are leveled up Mm -hmm. characters Mm -hmm. put them together and it's like damn like if they weren't decent there would be problems that's what i'm trying to say right (laughs) Whereas the, whereas the Avengers, I feel like that's a team. They operate like a team. Right. They all know their role. They, like, I feel that they could beat off the strength of the organ. Like, where the, it's almost like we're the Avengers first, whereas the Justice League is like we become the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that. But I feel like the Avengers are I the follow. Avengers. I, follow. I can see it. Right? Yeah. yeah. 
because like Batman's his own entity. Superman's Which is interesting entity. because I, I I held back, but I was thinking to myself between the two, I feel like in the Avengers there's a lot more like bitchiness going on. Yeah. And I guess that makes sense with your theory, right? Because there there's more of a like a a connection. Yeah. Where that kind of stuff can happen whereas when you think you're solo and you kind of just go by the beat of your own drum you're not really answering to anyone you're you're like on the justice league side i mean yeah like they're just there to do their job yeah it just so happens they know where they need to be and how they need to operate yeah and as long as i show up we're fine whereas on the other side everyone like you say they operate they 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 work off each other yeah and if something's off if something personal is in the way it can things can get murky. You know what I feel like it's like here here to go with what you're saying. I feel like it's this. You know when you put together like the the Canadian Olympic hockey team or the US basketball team, right? It's like that's the best players of what they do in their city coming together for the Olympics. You're not going to beat them. That's the Justice League. They're the Olympic team. Whereas the Avengers are the best team in the league all the time. Okay. You get what I mean? Like, we always play together, so we might even beat the, like, your superstar squad. We might even beat you. We might be good enough to beat you because we're such a good, they're like the Bulls mm-hmm. with Jordan. Mm. It's like, we, we might be good enough to be your Olympic team. That's how good <laughs> we are. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's how I see the Avengers. And the Justice League is like, we're the U.S. dream team. Like, we, everyone, everyone here is the best at what they do. Like, gotcha. There's no one better than him at three-pointers. There's no one better than me at dunking. There's no one... Like, this guy's the best player in general. That's the Justice League. It was like the Miami Heat in 20... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 09 or 10, whenever it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those years. (laughs) All right. Shall we continue? I guess, yeah. Okay. I don't know what happened there. (laughs) This is is the point, right? I don't even know what I said. No, you said Justice League. What is this? Gin and tonic? Gin and tonic. Tastes good? It's delicious. Okay. If you so eliminate the 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 crisis of like the whole invasion, dark side coming through, or like Loki and Thanos coming through, eliminate that. If your city could have one hero protector, who would you want that your city to have as their hero? Anyone, anyone, and anything could be Sherlock Holmes. I don't care. Why are these questions for fun? Hmm. Can I pick a villain? You'd want a villain to protect your city? I, I'm just, I'm just saying, well, I, well, okay, hold on. <laughs> I want power to protect n- my city. No, no, you gotta have a person, like a character who's known to be a protector. Okay, okay. Yeah, superhero. Which villain would you want to be the superhero of your well, city? Well, because not all villains can be villains. You know, none of them are all, all You're that. suspect. They're not all you're, that bad. For saying that, you're suspect. Then why? Because you're gonna pick Thanos. <laughs> You're a suspect. You I want a snapper. I still think he had a point. Thing. <laughs> I maintain that. You're a finger snapper. He had a point. And it's right behind you. He's over your head, the little statue. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, somebody to protect the city. I can't think of any right now. Um, you said you weren't going to put me on the spot. All right, I'm sorry. I just thought that this one would kind of go in tandem with the last question I asked you. Hmm. Which team? And I just said, okay, which character? To protect my city. Yeah. 
I mean, Superman is the easiest answer. Right? There's, like, I want Superman, too. Yeah. That's what I'd pick. Okay, good. He's got all the bases covered. <laughs> He's friendly. He'll sign an autograph. <laughs> right? There's nothing that he won't die for. There's nothing out of his league. It just seems so cliche. If it comes down to one person left, who do you want the last person, your last line of defense in an imaginary hypothetical superhero, you know, existential crisis? One guy left to fight for everyone. Who would it be? We'd all say Superman. Right? Yep. Or would it be Thor? I think I'd still say Superman. I thought about Thor for a millisecond. Yeah, right? But then I'm like, um... It'd be nice to have him, like, close by. Yeah. But at the end, it's like, I think, and this is the interesting thing about what I read. Uh, I'll probably talk about this later on in other episodes, but I just finished reading Grant Morrison's Superman Omnibus, which I was... Is that the one with the, the, the dog story? Yes, that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't necessarily something that I felt needed to be collected that way. I didn't know how if it was worthy, you know? After reading it, there's some things left to be desired as far as the design, mm. but um, it really ex- it, 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 what it, it explores is the idea of Superman, what the idea of it means and the power of the idea of Superman in all of us. There's something in all human beings who we kind of visualize that character as the ultimate good or the ultimate protector, like the, the ultimate sort of thing to strive for. It's... it's that image, like if you kind of think of that ultimate goodness, the idea of Superman is so strong of sacrificing your life, sacrificing for the one person you love, being there for your friends, um, using what good abilities, you, what, what abilities you have for good, mm-hmm. you know, all of these ideas of Superman. Just doing the right thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's... Across the board, relatable. At the end of the day, he's that character, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. So it's, I asked that question not so much to be like, it's fun, but it's also, wouldn't we all kind of say that? Yeah. Right? The idea of that is our biggest hope. And that's why the symbol, like people say, like, it stands for hope. Because it really is to know someone, like, he can shoot lasers from his eyes, but then he's really fast. Then he can hear you calling for help. And he can see where you're hiding or where you need him. And then if it's too hot, he'll blow the flames. And if it's too cold, he'll warm you up. And if it's, you know, and his cape is bulletproof <laughs> as well as his back. Like, he's got you. And he'll, and even if he doesn't, he'll make sure you live. That's kind of the idea of Superman. You know? That sounds so poetic. But it, you only think of that sometimes if you, if you say to somebody, use your imagination. Mm-hmm. Who would you pick and be like, that's so dumb. I want a, I'd want a decent cop. Right? <laughs> but in your imagination, what would, like, what would it be? And I think we all kind of hope. And there's With something... that sweater on, you look like a comic professor. Ah! <laughs> all, I need is a, all I need is a pipe. <laughs> Lighting it up with a little lighter. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's get into music. Oh, no. Get into music. What are we at here? I want this episode to go for two hours and 50 minutes. What does that even mean? It's 250. Oh, 250. <laughs> no, we're not going to go that That's long. That's crazy. Okay, okay, okay. Let's go into music. Lately, they've been doing, not lately, but in the last little while, versus battle, Swiss Beats, Timbaland. 
Swiss Beat Timberland have established this sort of thing where two similar type of artists in in their genre of music go at each other and, you know, go back and forth, 20 songs each, what you got. The last one with the locks and diplomats, hip-hop, late 90s, early 2000s, my favorite of all of them. Reignited what something that I always knew I loved, right? Just mm-hmm. brought me like, mm, <laughs> love it, right? Just got the engine revving. Like, yeah, I remember that. I feel like I'm 17 years old. I got to take my sweater off and get warm. <laughs> get warm about this one. The professor is gone. The professor is gone. <laughs> Give me a hoodie. Let's talk about it. Hypothetical. Versus battle. Jay-Z and Nas, who do you got? No. Who do you got? I can't. Just think about it. I pick can't. A pick. No. Take a sip. I cannot. Then take a sip. <laughs> you got to take a sip if you can't make a pick. You can't answer any. You can't, um, you can't, that's not. It's going to happen. It's going to be big. It's going to make and a lot of money. And only when it happens will we get our answer. Mm. Yes. Here's my theory. To do it right, it cannot have a clear-cut winner. If they want to do that and they want to do it right, they have to leave it debatable. They have to do it so well that both parties of fandom, of Jay-Z or Nas and hip-hop, can make arguments of who won. So why even do it if if you still want to fight about it? For the fun of fighting. For the fun of the debate. Because the debate is the greatest thing, the fifth element of hip-hop. Because no one, it's better in a situation like that where both parties win and they both, um, both of their streams go up and both of their reputation, like it's good for the culture to be like, these guys are the best ever. No, he's the best. No, he's the best. No, he's like that, that meme of Bun- uh, Bugs and Daffy pulling down the mm-hmm. post-its and mm-hmm. Jay-Z mm-hmm. Nas, Jay-Z Nas. That's what it should always be. <laughs> That's a good episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it should always be. Right? It's going to happen, but they got to do it right. And I think it would be a draw. If they do it right... They would make it a draw. But I, I would never bet against either or Jay-Z. <laughs> oh. If I had to put money, I'd just put it on the the level of how how um the performance level of the different scenarios he's had to perform in on grander skate stages. I feel like what's under his belt on a performance level is is going to edge it out. Mm. That's the aspect. Because as far as music goes, clearly Jay-Z has so much more diversity in sound and who he's worked with and collaborated. More of a catalog. Yeah, and experimented with sounds that sometimes failed, mm-hmm. right? But he took the chance. Mm. So he's got a little bit, he's more like a, a, he's a blend of Biggie and Nas. That's why I always gave him the edge. Because he can, he can swim in R and B landscapes, mm-hmm. and it doesn't sound out of place. But then he can make a street song, and it doesn't sound out of place. Mm-hmm. Whereas whenever Nas tries to, it's like that time it worked, and other times like, oh, no. that yeah, was yeah, not yeah, good. Yeah. You're right. You're Stay right. on premiere. Mm-hmm. When you do premiere, no one's better. But Jay Z can do premiere, and he can do Neptunes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's seamless. He he works in both spaces. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'd always bet on that, just because of the diversity of sound, the sonic aspect. Um, but on any given night, 20 for 20, if Nas starts off and leads the way of type of song, mm-hmm. he could, he'll win. That's how good he is too, right? 
It's a good one. It would be a great, oh, the quality of music. <laughs> I took this away from you. I want to know your answer. That, but I I still maintain I'd have to see it. I, you know what? That would be a nice, um, that, that would be a nice uh, conclusion to that debate. It's still being up in the air. Yeah. Sure. This neutral zone. Let's just stay in the pocket. We'll never know kind of thing. I'm satisfied with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah, fine. Keep the conversation alive. Sure. Right? That's, mm-hmm. I love that. When a conversation stays, it's great. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. This is a tough one. This is uh. tougher. <laughs> Common or most deaf? Ooh. Why are you doing this to me? Because this is episode 250 and I want to put you on the spot for things that you like. But then I'm going to give you the answer and then you're going to ask me why and I won't know what to tell you. Yeah. common why because <laughs> now i'm actually interested because i i i want to i only ask you why because i want to tell you why because uh, he looks better without a hat off ah. <laughs> that's, that's a great that's reason that's a great reason um i think for me i would pick common only because I feel there's a little bit more to choose from. He has acting chops and stuff. and So like, does most death, though. I know he does. Yeah. I know he does. It yeah. does, does not escape me. Um, I don't know. It's but tough. there's it's, it's very tough. But yes, I can see why you would, you would pin them against each other for me. <laughs> it's a, that, I feel like that sometimes is a tougher one to pick for me than Jay-Z and Nas. Mm. Because... I love most deaths black on both sides. I love it to pieces. But then B is one of my favorite 40 minutes of music ever. I love that album equally as much as I love black on both sides. I couldn't say, like I could maybe on any given day, I like this one more than that one mm-hmm. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But then there's more from Common when I think of like, and then the next album was even really good. And then, like, Water for Chocolate was really good. Like, there's more things from Common that I might revisit. Mm -hmm. Whereas I don't feel as much of that with most deaf. But there's enough to make me say, but would I I be willing to give up that? That sounds practical. That's a good reason. It's hard. It's better than mine. It's tough. Yours makes sense. So it's, uh, I would have to take a shot for that one. I wouldn't be able to pick. Um, Dream Scenario. Totally hypothetical. If you had the choice, one time, this is the hard one. Would you go to a Notorious B.I.G. concert or a Tupac concert? That's a hard one. What would you choose? Biggie. I'd be there with you. (laughs) I'd be there with you. I'd pick Biggie too. I'd I'd be able to sing along with every song. Play any song. I'm rapping. You want me? To, you need help? You need help? You need a person behind you to to do give me the loot. I know when to edit. We're good. I could do that voice. I believe you. Yeah, I, I could do them all. You. you need me to be Puff Daddy? I'll be Puff Daddy. I know. I know when he says the all the ad libs for you, Big. Yeah, it would be Biggie for me too. But man. Tupac could maybe... The thing with a Tupac concert, you would feel emotional, 
You'd feel every spectrum of emotion. Oh, I'd want to fight someone at some point. And then I'd cry. And then I'd break down and cry. I need my mama. I need mama. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You'd feel it all at a Tupac. I'd want to go to a community center. Yeah. I'd want to help Brenda. (laughs) (laughs) I named my next dog Brenda. Then I want to go to a protest. Yeah, like... I'd be everywhere. Yeah. Talk least, hits all my emotions. Right. I'd go to Biggie's concert. I'd come back home. That's what I need. Right? Yeah. With Tupac, I'd be like, what are we joining? <laughs> we starting the Black Panthers again? <laughs> I need to where go to I soup sign? kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Where, where's, where, which gang is in the neighborhood? Where the, <laughs> you'd be an outlaw and you'd be helping the homeless all at once. You'd be a biker. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, let's get it to TV. Oh. TV. Hmm. New Girl mm. or Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Oh, my gosh. Pa, pa, pa. These are tough, right? And they exist in the same universe. I'm going to say Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. That's I wouldn't know which one to pick for you. That's the one that I wanted to actually ask it's you. It's too funny. Oh, but New Girl is funny. <laughs> when Nick screams, it's something else. <laughs> okay. Uh. That, But you were quick to answer it, but I think you only... I'm only speaking for you, so I apologize. I think you appreciate Brooklyn Nine-Nine because you watched New Girl first. They are, like you said, they are in the same universe. And a lot of it is quite reminiscent of each other. The humor hits the same. Right. For me. Right. Um, I like it, though. Okay. All right, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Dream scenario. Dinner party. Who would you want to invite to talk to? Malcolm X. Pick two people. Let's make it easy. Because if you say this guy, this guy. Oh, I was going to just name them all. It's a no, dinner party. No, but I'm saying I'm like. I'm like a big because like, I'm, you 15 like, seater Yeah, but you, table. you wouldn't be able to talk to them all. Who would you like? Who are the people like? I really want to talk to you about your life. And I really want to talk about you. Like I got questions for you and for him. I think about. Asking you guys questions all the time. Or you girls questions. You, guys is, is gender neutral. So, so many people that I don't know about right now. <laughs> but uh, sometimes it's the ones For that, sure Malcolm X. I feel like you would. For sure Malcolm X. I feel like, yeah. I would I would pick him over Martin for you all the time. Because I feel he got more questions for Malcolm. Like you'd really want to pick his brain. Just can, you, can, I, can I just answer one? Malcolm X for sure. That's the one. That's the one. Interesting. More than John Lewis, more than like, but I believe it. Like I would, if, if someone said that you can have one person who's lived their life over for dinner, who do you think Daphne would want? I would pick Malcolm X for you. Strangely enough, I would pick him. If I had to pick two, I would be like, probably Malcolm and Muhammad Ali. It's like, be friends. You tell him, like, be friends. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even think you'd pick Biggie I and Tupac. I would do, like, an intervention. Like, you guys, we gotta figure this out. <laughs> yeah. Because that relationship, it just makes me feel so sad. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's something about those two people, those two personalities, those two icons. I've always taken interest in. And... I don't know, just kind of learning about them now, also later in life, and my perspective on things. Yeah. Make me appreciate 
what they were and and the potential of what their friendship would have been. You know what I mean? You know what I realized going with along with what you're saying, but some of the documentaries we've been watching, there was that one crime and punishment about uh, Jimmy Galante, who they called you know the real Tony Soprano, and him being a mafia guy. Like, it's not a secret. It's not hearsay to say that. But him being connected to the mafia and the the code of silence and the never snitch and the loyalty. Like, amongst these folks, even Muhammad, the nation, whenever, you, whenever you're devoted to a cause, whether it's a gang, whether it's religion, whether it's a political party that you swear your allegiance to, the army, right? Loyalty is the most valued quality. But what's scary when you think about that, right? And I was thinking about this after watching that Crime and Punishment and thinking about Jimmy Galante talking about loyalty. Like, when it all came down to it, the people you think would be loyal to you aren't. And the people you never expected to be loyal to you are. The most loyal people must also be willing to be the most disloyal person in order to stay loyal to you. You ever think about that? No. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying, though? I'm trying to follow. So, like, someone who's loyal to you, mm-hmm. loyal to the FBI, loyal to their mafia family, they they're have being, to be willing. They gotta be shady with somebody. They gotta be dis. They gotta lead another person on to prove their loyalty to you. Right. They've gotta deceive somebody. Yeah, they're all hypocrites. Isn't that crazy, though? Like, I know he's loyal to me because I asked him to pretend to do this or I asked him to befriend this guy just to kill him and he did it for me. So he betrayed somebody to prove loyalty to you. How loyal is that person? Really? Um, You know what I'm trying to say? Crazy. The most loyal person is oftentimes the most disloyal person simultaneously. Mm -hmm. He could be a rat. Extremes. Are frightening, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how I got to that point. We were talking about me having Malcolm. Yeah, over. yeah. I don't know, and then like beyond him, like I know, I, like, I mean, but people. That, there's so there's been so many important people throughout history. I don't know, my my. Should there be a king or a prophet or like who like who are you supposed to have over for dinner and what do you serve? <laughs> well, I know I wouldn't serve pork. That's right. That's right. You don't got to have wine. You don't got to have pork. You're good. <laughs> no, it's true, right? Like, but I think all of us, ha- like for me, it would probably be, it wouldn't be as interesting as yours. If I could have a dinner with one person and have the night to talk to them or two people. Yes. Who would it be? I would talk to, I've got maybe, there's a lot of people actually, but the <laughs> child in me. The kid in me. I want to talk to Bret Hart. And I want to talk to Jay-Z. <laughs> That's and adorable. Maybe, and I'd want to talk to Nas. Like, if someone said, Jay-Z can't make it, Nas can. I'm like, That's fine. Or if Nas can't make it, Jay-Z can. I'm like, That's good. Because <laughs> I, 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 I think I'd actually be really f- good friends with Nas. But I would love to talk to Jay-Z. I don't know if I'd be as good as friends with him. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? Hmm. Because I know you, I, I follow. Yeah. But with, like, the one that wouldn't change would probably be Bret Hart, strangely enough. Mm. I don't know why. And I know so much, I already might even know his answers. But I'd want to ask, like, 
like really get in there. Like, so what did he say? I know you spoke to him. What did he actually say in your ear during the match? Mm-hmm. Don't ask those questions. And and I think too to um, has no one already asked him that. I'm not sure, but like, it's more the fact that I would never. There would never be a day where I didn't have things to ask you. Right. I'd always have something. Yeah. To ask. It would it would be the endless. That would be like your Tuesdays with Maury type of yeah, yeah, ideal yeah. scenario. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. A book you just read. Yes, it's a lovely book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why I don't I wouldn't pick somebody more historically like I guess significant in regards to changing society or ch- you know what I mean these are people who are the best at their field mm-hmm. but what they what they kind of meant to me at the per- certain points in my life I, I know like that's who I'd want to talk to but yeah but I, I would always pick Malcolm for you I don't know why just because I feel like there's a lot of things unresolved in your mind whenever you see him anything of his that comes out yeah I get excited you do you really do do you think he's your favorite civil rights character or activist or, or historical figure? Not character, but yeah. Is he the one who intrigues you most? Definitely. Okay. For sure. Just because of the conflict. 100%. Yeah. I think we can all kind of relate to... Whenever that, we that see internal a... internal fe- warfare. Yeah. And I think that's, for me, that's why I also would want to ask the people who I'd want to talk to. It's the internal warfare that you were going through. Picking your brain about that. Mm-hmm. What was going through your head? Trying to make sense of things. Yeah, because I was, I was in real time thinking about the story you were trying to tell. But then also behind the scenes, there was a story that I was following to understand the staged story do you get what i'm trying to say like rap music is like is 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 like uh, wrestling there's a lot of stuff that's done on the stage when the camera's on Mm -hmm. and then when the camera's off there's stuff happening in the studio and and people talking and stuff happening and little coded messages in the music that you kind of put everything together just like in wrestling that's the the storyline on the screen behind the stage there's a storyline too and so they're maneuvering or saying things or telling some telling some type of story to position themselves because there's a conflict in their mind of job security. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you realize now like he did that because he was actually scared for his job. Mm-hmm. So he stayed out an extra five minutes mm-hmm. to put together that great match. But it sacrificed the match that they wanted to tell with this guy. But he took that chance to make sure... That his job stayed there. This is real geeky stuff, but you get what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. in a storyline, you, you do that. Mm-hmm. And the same thing would happen in, in hip-hop music. You would do an extra radio interview, hit a freestyle, throw a subliminal. What does that mean? That made that guy respond, played into your hands. You look like the victor in a hip-hop battle that never actually took the stage. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's all these coded things that happen, but it's all a, 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 a communication of that person, person's psyche. And the only reason 
this is weird to talk about, but the only reason like in the Jay-Z and Nas battle that they had 20 years ago, this is actually like a 20-year anniversary right now. Right, yeah, you're right. September 11th was when the Blueprint album came out from Jay-Z and was yeah. a monumental moment mm-hmm. in history. Mm-hmm. He lost what many people say is like the super hip-hop battle because it affected him emotionally. But this was a guy who seemed like rock-solid, cold-hearted. But then you saw when you play, when you dig at someone's ego, how they can make themselves lose by just picking at a scab. So I'd love to ask those questions, like, in your mind, what, how did that make, when you heard this person say such and such about you, why did it hurt you so much? When it just seemed like silly schoolyard disses, why did that bother you so much? What's in your psyche? Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Long tangent. Moving on. All of that because of the because of Malcolm coming to dinner. I would really like them to sort it out. And I think the I think the the relationship between Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X is reminiscent. I feel like it it mirrors today today's society a bit. I think it mirrors because history. It, history repeats itself. The simple fact, though, that. People taking such a stern position with their ideas mm-hmm. to the point where it affects relationships, causing that division. Right. And like to me, I think that's why it's it watching this documentary that just recently came out, like real recent. It just it didn't I didn't enjoy it for um I enjoyed it for like Context. Context. Like, things I didn't know. Right. Um, certain details or, like, little gems that... Right. Like, oh, cool. that's that's a cool tidbit kind of thing. Right. But I didn't go in thinking, like, I'm going to walk away feeling good about this. Right. And and that, that that's where the point that I was saying about the loyalty of, of Muhammad Ali to Elijah Muhammad forced him to be disloyal to Malcolm. Or what he felt... Was Malcolm being disloyal exactly. to Elijah Muhammad and seeing him as a traitor and then them exactly. having this friendship. But Malcolm was super loyal to Muhammad. But Muhammad saw him as disloyal because you had to be unloyal to him to try to prove your loyalty to me. You see that, like, you see what happens? But and the messed up thing is that it, I feel like it's, it's, it's happening in today's society. Totally. Also, right? Totally. So it's like you can't escape it. No, you can't and escape it. And everyone is like at each other's throats because of what they stand for, where they feel your allegiance should be in. Right. And it's just, oh, it's crazy. That's why, yeah, this this apocalyptic universe that you got going on with the Silver Surfer. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm all into that. <laughs> That's a nice escape. Me too, completely. <laughs> if you want to read Silver Surfer, just tell me I got books for you. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Moving on, moving on. Tough question. Two of your favorite flicks, Ocean's Eleven, Ooh. Moneyball. <gasps> no, it's too hard, Ocean's Eleven. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I know. I, I had a feeling, but I knew it would be a tough one for you. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Moving on. Stand-up comedy, Bill Burr or <gasps> Sebastian Maniscalco? 
Because they both, they both, I feel, are your voice box. They're the person in your brain talking to the world. I'm both of these people in my head all the time, and that's why I'm tormented. Yeah, you really are. <laughs> Whenever they say stuff, I'm like, that's exactly the little person. Both of those guys live on your shoulder yeah. looking at the world. Yeah. There's no, like, person in the middle like, but we love everybody. They're both, why do you do that? What's wrong with you? We should eliminate half of society. Aren't you embarrassed? That's your oh, mind. Oh, my goodness. Both- I've been, I've been uh, you know, I, I've been daydreaming this whole streaming direct to your TV thing from way before. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was just like very anti people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they, I, so I can relate a lot to their comedy, both of them. That's why that makes this very, very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say only because <laughs> when you were going to give me my options, like of who you suggested, first person that came to mind was Bill Burr. I felt like. You know what I feel? I can relate to the anger. Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> that with Sebastian, you're you're kind of like exactly with Bill Burr. You're like, oh man, another person thinks like me, <laughs> and I'm thinking everything crazy he's thinking. Mm. I think he's right, and it's almost like an embarrassment. But you're glad someone is saying okay, it. It's not just me. You're like, right, right. Like, <laughs> yes, take out half of the population. He's not wrong. <laughs> So well, that's you- why I agree with Thanos. Because I don't think it would be fair. I'm totally for it. Oh my god! When I it see takes you me watch an hour Bill and a Burr, half to get home. I can't handle this. When I see you watch Bill Burr stand up, I see you laugh because I feel like you agree with it. I but laugh you're, with shame. You laugh I laugh with, with like shame. I feel. You laugh like I agree a hundred percent. He's joking. I'm not. <laughs> That's good. All right, all right. (laughs) Staying with stand-up comedy. Dave Chappelle or Kevin Hart? Dave Chappelle. Quick. Yeah. Okay. Because one, Because one you feel sticks to the... So, all right. So, Bill Burr or Dave Chappelle? That's what I was going to do. I was going to make like a semifinals. Oof. Okay, wait, 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 wait. One second. One second before you answer that. Jerry Seinfeld? Or Chris Rock? (laughs) (laughs) Chris Rock. Chris Rock over Jerry. Yeah, Chris Rock. Okay. All right. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Burt Kreischer? (laughs) Or I'm thinking of a person that makes you laugh every time. And I haven't included a female comedian yet, but... I feel like you lean... I know what you like. Yeah. Burt Kreischer or Bernie Mac? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Bernie Mac. Okay, Bernie Mac or Chris Rock? Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac, okay. <laughs> then Dave Chappelle or Bill Burr? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody that knows who these people are is not going to care. They about all them. know these comedians. Okay. Uh, people know Bernie Mac. People wh- know wh- Dave what Chappelle. Was my, what was my... Bill Burr or Dave Chappelle. But they're... Uh, um, I can't choose. You have to pick one. Chappelle. Chappelle or Bernie Mac. I won't choose. Ah, I won't come choose. on. No, no. Because you know what's funny? No. 
This is what <laughs> this is what I find funny right now. I would have picked. I would have predicted all of those wins for you. But what's interesting is that... Of course that you would. You gave me the... No, comedians. no. No, no, no. I would have picked that she'll she'll end up going Bernie Mac. Because the way that that portion of Kings of Comedy gets you every time <laughs> is your Bernie Mac experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas everybody else has numerous ones. Yeah. You only have one. Yeah, because You've got a five out of five Bernie Mac set. Whereas you compile all your Chris Rocks and all your Jerry Seinfelds and you give them a, a different rating. Right? It's an interesting way of like going into that comparison. He's so funny though. <laughs> Give me some cookies. Milk and cookies. <laughs> it, it never gets old. You can watch it again and again and it'll still make you laugh. Well, we even say it amongst each other, right? Like we'll talk like when you're Mac just to <laughs> laugh at it. It's fun. He's funny. Rest yeah. in peace, Bernie Mac. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Dave Chappelle wins amongst the comedians, or it's a tie? I said I didn't choose. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, last question. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Are you tired? I just, I feel like I'm messing up. No, you're not messing up at all. It's fun. Would you rather go for a walk, Central Park, or Mount Royale Park? Central Park. Easy. Hands down. Central Park. Why? <sighs> New York. There's no more like it. Yeah. I got you. That concrete jungle. Gotcha. I miss traveling. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Bonus question. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Nine days, Mexican resort, personal pool, mm-hmm. all-inclusive. Yeah. Two weeks. European trip? European tour super fast. Like, what would you go for next? Not one that ultimately, but which one would you go for next? I mean, how fast a pace are we talking? Like the last one. That's too. That's a little too quick. Well, it was actually pretty nice because we saw a lot. But it was a bit kind of on the faster side. I don't know. I haven't moved in a while. <laughs> Maybe I should do some moving around. Maybe Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Go big or go home. Go big or stay home. Uh, okay. All right. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I mean, not to say I don't want to want to go away and relax and do nothing. Because that sounds so good. It's, Just always, a, it's always a good go, idea. Go. The birds and the... That's, that, that sound. I like with where a, we go. I like where we go. I miss it there. Like, yeah, I'm good, for, I'm good with that. Yeah. That sounds so good. Open up a book. Get lost in a book. Yeah, but I'd like it here too, you know. I know, you never would leave your house. You'd stay in your chair all the time. Look, I'm looking at you now with your bookshelf and this, like, chaise. We're going to sit up here after we're done recording? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to watch something. Like, how nice would that be? Just to, you know. We started this podcast, I think I launched it, Mm. 2014. I think. 2014 was when, like, the late 2000. So it was, I don't really count it as a year. 2015 is kind of when we really got the show on the road, but... Mm -hmm. I think we did about 10 episodes within 2014. Mm-hmm. And um, Top of the Rock, me and you recorded at the Top of the Rock in New York City early. I remember that. Right? Special moments, you know? And I'm happy that 250 episode la- episodes later, we've got stories to tell, um, friends we've made, books we've read, movies we've gone to, New York City, Mocha Fest. 
together. That was a that was dope. Right. I remember that trip. It was so special. You know what I mean. And none of it was planned. None that of it. was so amazing about it. Right. Everything just felt like it just, it just fell into place. And I think it's I think it's a great example of. Do something you love, and you'll never know where where you might end up, or what you might do because of it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be monetary, but you might find yourself having a conversation with someone you never thought you'd be talking to or reading a book that you never thought would affect you so much just because you you did something you love to begin with. I think that's the key that I'll always tell someone. Don't worry about who listens. Don't worry about followers. Don't worry about clout. Do what you love and it will pay you back. Just pay attention to it. You know what I mean? So what are you thinking? In regards to your podcast, keeping having all that in mind. Adam Chapman's coming on next week. Fifty one. <laughs> We're starting a new fifty. There you go. With my pal Adam Chapman. <laughs> so yeah, that that was the plan, but I needed to record with you first. <laughs> Episode two fifty. If no one listens, it's for us. Mm-hmm. People who listen are gonna have a good time because we talk about some cool stuff. And uh, thank you for doing this and giving me two hours. Hey. Hey. Did it feel like two hours? No, it didn't actually. Felt fun, right? Hope you guys enjoyed. I'm sorry if I went on tangents. <laughs> we got me and you got two episodes in the in the um what's the word? In, in the, the vault. vault. Yeah. And you won't let me post them. No. But we have episodes that I did that like I skipped weeks and like I have an episode. We, have, we even have a couple we have we have episodes like way, way like in the vault. Remember we have one about um Mask of Phantasm. Fan- yeah. We should redo that. We should do it again. Cause I think we were excited for it and then I we don't weren't... I don't want to get in the way of your success. You're we not... have other interviews nah. coming up. No, 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 no. You can fit me in, have nah. your people call my people. <laughs> <laughs> you I'd be calling you to talk to you. All right. Thank you everybody for listening. If you're still listening, episode 250. It's been a lot of fun recording podcasts. I got a, you know, there's a catalog with great episodes and interviews and sometimes it's the ones that aren't with famous well-known writers or artists that are some of the best ones, including uh, episodes with Dav J. They've been my favorite episodes because they've been heartfelt and real and if anyone's listened to the podcast up to this point, I hope you've enjoyed it. Stay tuned because I'm going to try to keep going. 300's not far. Let's do this. We'll see where it goes. And who knows? You just got to keep doing what you love. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for more episodes from the Cave of Solitude. I'm Eric Anthony. Lady J. There you go. Stay tuned. We'll be back soon, everyone. Thank you very much. Bye.